is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Jimmy Scroggins here again with Steve Wright, and today we have Pastor Mark Warnock with us in our studio. Mark is a pastor on our team at Family Church who wears a lot of hats. Mark, you give administrative leadership to our worship team. Our worship team is excellent, a lot of great creativity, but they really, sometimes those creative guys are a little bit administratively challenged, and that's why God brought you to us. Mm-hmm. Hurting the cats. Hurting <laughs> yep. the cats. And we're very, very Hurting grateful that creatives. you do that. But also, Mark, you lead our Family Church Residency Program. You recently got your PhD from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And Mark, I'd love for you to tell your listeners just a little bit about your background and about yourself. Thanks, Jimmy. Well, I grew up here in Florida, a native of Fort Pierce, and uh, was uh, raised in a church-going family and went off to Florida State. And I actually came to faith there, discovered Jesus in my life, my second semester semester there and call to ministry came how to go to heaven from florida state yeah that's right it does happen (laughs) all right good It, it works and so uh, I also sensed a calling to ministry pretty shortly after that. So I didn't know what else to do but to go to seminary. So I went to Texas. And once I finished up there and graduated, as I was thinking about where I would go to start start like ministry church work, Florida had churches everywhere. There were tons of them down here. And I felt more like going to a place that had needs. So I went north and served at a couple churches in Illinois, one near Chicago and one near St. Louis for about 17 years. And then after doing that for a while, I came across a statistic about how lost South Florida had become and wondered what had happened in the Yeah, I know what happened. You left, the whole place went to hell. Now, uh, no, no. now, now you're, you're back. back. Yeah, now you're back. <laughs> yeah, well, it hasn't improved all that much since I came back, so let's not. You can't take the no, credit let's yet. Not, let's not all right. crazy here. But in the process of thinking and praying through that, God moved my heart back down here, and I got connected here at Family Church uh, and to the vision and what we're attempting here in South Florida. And I'm uh, really, really excited to, to be part of the work here. Well, we haven't figured it out, but we are having a lot of fun. We are having a lot of fun. Well, Mark, you're one of my best friends really on the planet. And I mean, having you here on our team's really been a just a tremendous lift to us and just a great blessing to, to what we're trying to do. And just as we said, I mean, we haven't got it figured out, but we're, we're every day chopping on the tree. You've been on our team how long now? About four years. About four about years. About four okay, years. well, I'm getting close to six. And, you know, when you just think about in that short time, just the progress and things you know that we've seen happen it's really been really pretty remarkable yes lots of changes you know a lot of guys out there are really you know they're considering kind of a regional concept of lostness where they Mm -hmm. live and they're trying to get their mind around it like we are and you know when we think about just the incredible lostness uh, that we have in south florida when you think about connecting the dots really the sole conclusion that we could come to i know when jimmy and i were considering this is you know mm-hmm. we had to have a farm system there was we had to come mm-hmm. up with something that would allow us to generate just a leadership pipeline of really hundreds of pastors that would be able to lead all of these churches And it wasn't that we just felt like we needed to get more leaders. It was really out of a calling and realizing the incredible lostness that we have here in South Florida. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, when you look at the book of Acts and you just look at the things that happened, they quickly trained up leaders. And that's really what we've been trying to do. Well, one of the things that, that we did is as we were studying the book of Acts and looking at what opportunity was in front of us here in South Florida, we had already been casting a vision for planting churches. And we thought that more churches would reach more people. And so we had this vision of planting 100 neighborhood churches in South Florida. We started having that conversation. Okay, so if we're going to say we're going to plant 100 neighborhood churches in South Florida. We quickly realized that you and I were very limited. Well, we, had to, <laughs> we had to actually have a strategy for it, which is one of the reasons why we wanted Steve to come onto our team six years ago. And so Steve, you and I sat down, we started doing the dirty math for it all. And we, our math basically went like this. If we want to plant a hundred churches, we want to do this some with paid vocational staff, but some with bivocational staff. We thought it would be best to plant in teams of at least three right. pastor leaders. So that means you need 300 pastor leaders at any one time to Minimum. lead a hundred churches, right? Right. Which means if you're going to train 300, you're probably going to have to train six to 900 because you're going to have some of them are going to wash out, some of them are going to quit, and some are going to get hit by a bus, and some of them just aren't going to be any good. And you're going to have to replace some. By the time you plant the 100th church, you're going to be replacing the leadership from the first 20. So we just realized we're talking about training hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of leaders over many, many years. And uh, when we started thinking about how to actually find those leaders, how do we find leaders who want to come receive the kind of training it's going to take to undertake that? gigantic vision, we had to come up with a way for doing way to do that. So Mark, why don't you tell our listeners kind of what we're looking for and what it takes to put this number of boots on the ground here in our mission field? Yeah, Jimmy, the first thing we do is we pray. And that's not just a throwaway spiritual thing. People in family church, we all have our phone alarm set at 10.02. And every day we pray that God will send forth more laborers into the harvest. And it is remarkable to see how God has answered those prayers. And I can point to a number of times that it seems like he has sent us just the right people at just the right time. So ultimately, it's a question of his provision. We're pursuing his vision, and he's he's really providing us people, which is awesome. One of the things that's kind of moved a little bit as we've gone through the residency is I think initially we had a lot of people coming in from out of the area to kind of come onto the team. But as we've gone, we're also noticing that there are lots of local people who are coming up, uh, folks who are already living down here, who may be born and raised, who already have jobs and lives and families, and they hear about what we're doing. They hear that there's a possibility that they, as a bivocational person, could help us do this, and so they rise to the challenge. And at the same time, we have some other people who come from out of area. Uh, We've had uh, several this year who moved in from other states to come and help us do that. Mark, I I want to make something real clear. I want to jump in just for a second. You know, a lot of people, when they hear us talk about the residency and how we get people to commit to this, obviously, a lot of people will think, well, I mean, you guys must be paying a lot of money to get these people to move in from all over the country and to get the people. So unpack that a little bit. Okay, for us yeah. As, as so, well. and, and we're real upfront about this. This is a bivocational church planting residency. That is, we expect everybody who comes and participates in it, they're going to have a job. They're going to be paying their own way, paying their bills themselves. There's no salary for being a, a church planting resident here. For those that we admit, it doesn't cost them anything to be in the program, except for their lives, is, is, <laughs> is what we say. You know, and so they're doing probably 10, in some cases, maybe as much as 15 hours a week, you know, work in the residency plus 
plus ministry stuff, plus Training. helping yep. us, you know, doing all that that kind of thing. And then in addition to that, they're working jobs. Yeah, and they have to because one of the things that we know, if we want to raise up church planters that can actually live in South Florida, I've already done enough hiring and bringing in staff from the Bible Belt or from the Midwest mm-hmm. to come serve at Family Church. And a lot of times these people come, they have a great heart, they love our vision, but when it really comes down to it, they don't love South Florida. And they're not able to function in a way that makes them and their wives or families feel good long-term in South Florida. And I don't mind that, but what we've discovered is South Florida is just a unique culture. So I want to find some people who are already here, who already know how to make a living, who figured out even though the cost of living is high, they're finding a way to make it. Um, They like the schools where the kids are. They don't mind the diversity. They don't mind the heat. They don't mind the fact that there's no mountains. There's no seasons. There's a lot of things that people really don't like about living down here. And we're going to find some people that do. And so we're going to find our residents, either who are already here on the ground in South Florida, and we're going to call them out, or the people who move here are going to have to come at their own expense. And people ask us, you know, who's going to pay my moving expenses? I guess, you know, you call your mom. mom. I don't know what you got going on. Where am I going to live? Well, I guess you're going to find an apartment. Yeah. 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 Uh, Well, well, where am I going to work? You're going to need to find a job. And so we don't provide that. When you say it doesn't cost them anything to do it, they don't pay us anything for the training. Right. But it costs them whatever it costs them to live, to have insurance, to put gas in their car. So they're doing this. Now, we have a pretty unique group every year. Tell us a little bit about the group that we have right now, Mark, in our in our residency. Yeah, so uh, we've got 12 uh, students on the English side of the residency, and we have six on the Spanish side. There's a number of our, on the English side, we have a number who are like born and raised in West Palm Beach. It's a educationally diverse group. I've had in residency people with just high school, all the way up to people with THMs from theological seminaries. Our current group is really racially diverse. Uh, I've got a Haitian guy. I've got a Guatemalan guy. I've got a Puerto Rican guy. I've got a mix of white guys from, like I've got one from Missouri, got one from Illinois, two who moved down from Chicago. We have a woman, and I'm actually really excited that uh, we have our first Russian uh, church planning resident. Wow. (laughs) He was a engineering student in Moscow and got saved after the wall came down. And, yeah, uh, that's so cool. And we found him. So. And then we have a number of Spanish-speaking residents as well, right? Yeah, that's right. On the Spanish side, we have six, and they're from uh, Cuba and Brazil and Colombia uh, this year. And Jimmy, I should tell you how we get them. Yeah, where so, do, how, how do you get them something in? Something about the intake process. We start with a new class of residents every August, but the intake process begins back in the spring. We hear from people all during the year who are interested in it, but we try to direct all of them to a preview weekend that we have every spring. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's coming up in a few weeks, uh, March 2nd through 4th. And so at the preview weekend, what we do is we give them some of the training that they're going to get in the residency, and we send them out to do actual church planting type on the ground ministry among lost people in South Florida. In other words, we give them a real taste of what they're actually would be doing if they came down (laughs) here. That's a great idea. I know, right? (laughs) Genius. And so we do that, and we show them around and feed them nice meals and that kind of thing. And then at the end of that, they've gotten a good taste of what it actually is. And then at the end of it, we say, if if you're still interested, if we haven't scared you off, then we ask them to fill out an application. And then over the next weeks, we interview those who apply. And then in summer, we finalize the group for August. Mark, that's exactly what Jimmy was talking about. I mean, while it's great that we do have people coming in, the majority of our people are people right out of our own church. And, you know, one of the things that all of our campus pastors, Jimmy leads them and actually trains them how to do this. But we we really want to call this out of them 
down right out of our own pews. And so, you know, there's there's this constant vision casting because we believe our best church planners and staff members are sitting right here in our own. And, you know, a lot of these guys back when maybe they were teenagers, they may be in their mid-40s or 50s or whatever right mm-hmm. now. But when they were younger at some point, maybe someone told them, if you feel called to be a pastor, you're going to have to sell your house, move to wherever, you know, to another state. And at that point in their life, they just felt like, well, I really can't do that. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're working with a lot of these men and women, and that's really neat. And it's real, I'm really encouraged because these people actually do look like South Florida. Kind of what I had in my mind when I envisioned this farm system, I, mm-hmm. I, was, I was hooked on the reality TV show, The Deadliest Catch. Yes. You've heard me talk about this before, but, you know, you just look at those guys. I mean, they all just look like, I mean, they're masculine and tough. And we just thought, man, if if our classroom, if our residency, whatever the South Florida version of that is, Mm -hmm. if that's what our residency looked like, we felt like we could go in and invest in those lives. And just Mm -hmm. like Jesus did with his disciples, we could turn the world upside down with those men and women. So, Mark, tell me a little bit about the training they're actually doing. Once they get in, they go through the process. They come from here. Some of them come from there. you got this diverse group. They've had to jump through a lot of hoops just to get in it. What's going to happen to them when they get in? Our training program lasts for two years. Um, We could probably do it all in one year if they weren't bivocational. Right. But uh, we spread it out. But that's part of the training, too. That's part of the training is uh, we respect that they, they have families and they have jobs, and so we try to squeeze in what we can. There are two components. There are two sort of wings on the plane of the residency. One is sort of academic instruction, theological formation, which is actually really important because among the people that we get, some of them have been in church their whole lives. They're theologically solid and grounded. And some of them have been theologically formed by just random guys on YouTube. And so you really don't know what you're going to get. And so we have to we have to go through some of these things that maybe in other contexts would be pretty basic and that you could right. assume. But we do that. And then sort of the other wing of the plane is practical on the ground ministry training. How do you evangelize? How do you disciple? How do you run? And we actually not only tell them how, but we show them how and we get them doing it. And so those are the two, two kind of main emphases. On the instruction side, we cover topics like we spend a lot of time talking about the gospel and getting them really clear on that because gospel sharing is, is absolutely central to what we do. And so it's important that they know what the gospel is and know what it's not and know what a distortion of the gospel is. We take a long time working through the book of Luke and Acts to see how Jesus spread the news about himself in Galilee. What were the actual things that he did? And how did the apostles spread the gospel throughout the Mediterranean world? We take detailed notes on that and try to learn from that pattern. And we study topics like hermeneutics and preaching and leadership. Uh, We do a unit on marriage. We talk about prayer and some other elements of systematic theology as well. Jimmy, think about the guys in our group. I mean, if you just, it, like, it's hard to explain this so our listeners could, I mean, you've got guys that are sitting there with bullet holes from their former life in their body, you know. Yep. You, you've yeah, got, you have drug addicts and criminals, and but you also have yeah. white-collar guys. you got guys who are, yeah. you know, some of the biggest financial managers in the nation are in yes. the program, as well as people who own it's their a own businesses. Mix. Guy owns a taco truck. I mean, yeah. it's like, <laughs> Man, manager of a McDonald's. I yeah, mean, all yeah. the way, I mean, you That's just right. have all of this. And, Mark, one of the things things that you and Robbie really do so well. I mean, you make it so crystal clear to these guys, look, you're coming to the mission field and and somehow if you think you're coming down here and we're going to like find a platform for you to stand up in front of five or six or a thousand people and preach a 45 minute message, 
That's really not what our, no. like what we want to do is we want to teach you because we're in a target rich environment of lostness. Yes. So we want to make sure that you know how to talk to people about Jesus mm-hmm. and that you enjoy doing that. Yes. And then when people come to Christ, that you know how to disciple them. And so if you don't like to talk to lost people about Jesus and mm-hmm. share Christ mm-hmm. and make disciples, you're out. Yeah, So pretty, the, pretty much. Okay, so I think a great example for our listeners was what we did last week with our, our big training week. Unpack, yeah, it's ex- week. Yeah, yeah, explain that. Yeah, so this was, uh, Robbie Christmas also works in our residency. He's such a fantastic trainer. And he came up with this idea for Tyrannus Week. In Acts, we learn there's a two-year period where the entire region of Asia heard the word of the Lord. And that was the two-year period that Paul was lecturing daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And so Robbie came up with this idea of, okay, let's do training every day for a And so once in the morning, once in the afternoon, once in the evening, we just create all of these training opportunities for people to plug into. And uh, some of our residents come, some people who are not in our residency Pastors, uh, come, come part of that. I participate in it. It's great. And so it'll be a group as small as three or four and maybe as big as 10 or 20. And the, what they'll do is they'll do some gospel sharing and then whatever area they're in, they'll go and they'll have gospel conversations, try to engage people and see what kind of response that they get. Uh, are there green lights? Are there red lights? Are their yellow lights. And I love that getting that Tyrannus Week report, you know, yeah. that, that you guys had, had 40 gospel conversations mm-hmm. as a result of that. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I, I didn't even know you guys were doing that, but the thing that I loved is we had a beach baptism and I told Steve, I was like, Steve, who are all these guys? <laughs> like, so there's all these people out there at the beach, you know, and they're out there in string bikinis and there's guys with tattoos and smoking dope and it's all over the beach. We're doing this beach baptism. When it's over, I look around, there's our guys like bird dogging all the like, like just, just, every just towel. every time, ta- every time where there's people sitting there, there are some of our guys that are trying to have gospel conversation with them. I just couldn't believe it. And uh, man, I just loved hearing that kind of story and watching that unfold. It actually made me ask like, what are they doing? And so it's, it's, it was remarkable. Now look, Mark, the reason that we have a two-year program, we get them all down here, we got a two-year program. The reason for that is we want to watch these guys lead. So yes, they're going to learn gospel tools and how to share the gospel. We're going to make sure they can do that. We're going to try to teach them the best we can on theological things and the practical things that we can teach them in the classroom. But ultimately, we want to watch them lead because for us, before we release them and actually put them in charge of a church planting team or put them in a significant role in a church planting team, we want them to be proven growers. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a church planner with us, you have to prove that you can be in charge of something that grows. So we're giving them opportunities in the different campuses where they're assigned. Yep. Teach a Sunday school class, work with the youth group, be in the kids ministry, run the parking team, whatever it is. Because if you can't make something grow, like if you can't take a sixth grade girl Sunday school class, sixth grade boy Sunday school class and cause it to grow, we're not going to be able to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years and put all this other responsibility on you. Right. And so you're actually evaluating that. We're also evaluating, though, their marriage. We're evaluating their parenting. And over two years, you can't fake it. Right. And so before we have any significant financial yeah. investment, we're getting to walk with these men or walk with these women for two years and get to know a lot about them. And it's really incredible. And one thing that I love that you guys have done, Steve and Mark, is you guys have created off-ramps so that at some point in the middle of the two-year process, you just realize this guy is not a proven grower. He's a proven non-grower. This is the Dr. <laughs> Kevorkian of all yeah, of organizations, okay? Or maybe you find, yeah, he's a subtractor. Maybe you find out 
super nice guy, but he can't manage his money. Super nice girl, but the truth is she is not in a good relationship with her husband. Whatever it is, we're trying to work through this, and we just realize they are equipped to do something in the church of Jesus Christ, but probably not this. And you guys have created off-ramps. I think that's really And every, really and every year, if, I mean, if we were to be completely honest, yeah. I think I can't think of a year that we haven't. And sometimes, you know, it comes from the resident, and then sometimes it comes from us. Yeah, and it's it's for different sometimes reasons. Sometimes they take an off-ramp, and sometimes they get off-ramped. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and we really try to be pastoral with it. Oh, come on. No, we do. We do. (laughs) We do. We do. We try to be pastoral with it. Because, I mean, it's as simple as we've had a couple who have just had to move because of family things or job things. And, okay, well, sorry, you can't be in Florida if you're in... Special needs kids. There's a lot of reasons why that could happen. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's been some guys who just weren't doing the work. I remember one that I had this conversation with, and he's doing a lot of good things. It was just too much for him during that season. We're like, okay, well. Let me just ask you this, Mark. Look, this is not for everybody. Bivocational church planning is not for everybody. Undertaking this program of training is not for everybody. And frankly, South Florida is not for everybody. It's just not an easy place to live. It's not an easy place to do ministry. But there are a lot of irreligious and far from God people here. And we have a gigantic mission field. So we have a lot of listeners who listen to this podcast. What if on this podcast, somebody's listening right now and they have an interest just begin to spark in their heart. What would they do if they wanted to find out more about what we're doing? Great. They can go to familychurchnetwork.com and we have all the basic information about the residency there. And then uh, the next thing I would have them do is clear their calendar for March 2nd through 4th, 2018 down here in West Palm Beach and plan to come down and be part of the preview weekend. Uh, We'll have a registration link for the preview weekend there on the preview weekend page at uh, Family Church Network. And uh, they can get down here and and have a taste and let's start discerning the will of the Lord together. Yeah, let's start a conversation. We need, we need more people. And Mark, you're going to put in the show notes, I think, for this show, the mm-hmm. syllabi. So if there's a church mm-hmm. out there and they're right. thinking, wow, what does this look like in, in the nitty gritty? I mean, how would we actually right. do this then? I think Absolutely. we could probably go to you know Definitely. the show notes and pull those. I think it would be helpful. Definitely. Right. And what, what, you know, all of our all of our material is non-copyrighted. All of our yeah, material right. is open source. So listeners, if you get this, you take it. You Make do what you better. want with it. If you can make it better, make it better, and then mm-hmm. send us your yeah. send us your ideas. Now, Steve, if there's a church out there that says we want to have a residency like that, you don't have to be a big church. No. You could be a, any any size. You could be any kind of church. What is something that they could come to where they could learn more about how they could actually create this for themselves? Yeah, absolutely, Jimmy. I mean, and we designed it when we really didn't have a dime to spend on it. So, I mean, we created this. Did we get a dime? No, we. You know, so I mean, th- this is actually something that if there was a church, a pastor, a group of churches, they could come together if and it would really just start with the desire that they would want to train some men and some women in their church for for ministry right and so I would I would say look at the syllabi and then I would just encourage those guys to maybe contact one of us maybe Mark maybe Robbie and then if they came to the Sharper Conference you right. know we're actually going at that we're going to have like actual breakout sessions on how to do this and so yeah. they could they mm-hmm. could actually right. come learn how to do it and build their own build their own so Sharper Conference March first love for you to come and then if you come March first you can also be a part of Preview Weekend more details on FamilyChurchNetwork.com so. All listeners, thanks for being with us today. We would love to see you on March the 1st. We would love to spend some time with you. Check out the Residency Preview Weekend. Check out the conference. Register today. Before it fills up, we would love to see you there, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or 
Check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.